Hey everyone, welcome. Uh, got Chris Thorndike on with me today, and I really wanted to get straight into it. No BS here. Chris, uh, I was talking to him earlier and he made some pretty massive changes, drastic, I would say, maybe not massive, but drastic changes uh, related to COVID, which has then led him down this path of um, understanding pricing better. He even has a formula he's going to share with us. I'm excited to hear about. So instead of trying to summarize something, Chris, why don't you just get straight into uh, what happened and let's just get into it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, guys, today is really about just understanding uh, how to increase prices, but I want to show you why, uh, you know, uh, this really came to be in the pandemic, I think was the biggest blessing, John, like for me looking at it as an opportunity, sure, it had a ton of crap that came with it. But as a career coach, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years, like this is how I want to spend my career. So there wasn't an option of just like, all right, I'm done, I'm going to go get a different job. It was how do I adapt um, and thrive or just die and just start over? And I, that's, that wasn't an option for me. You're at 4,000 square feet. You had this reflection. You're like, I, I was happier with smaller space. How many members did you have at 4,000 square feet? How many members do you have now? And tell us about how you kind of reverse engineered this, uh, the profitability and the pricing stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, my number was always 200 members. And, you know, I felt like when running the math, everything was uh, mathematically on point for where it needed to be. And what I underestimated is, yes, that was, uh, you know, a great goal to have and work, but it just required so much effort to run. And that, guys, was, you know, where I'm at in my career, I really wanted to do more with less. And, you know, what I realized is it's a lot of work to run a 200-person, you know, facility and keep the, everyone happy and, you know, continue to find the leads and the sales to replace the outflow. And when I started crunching the numbers, the attrition goes way down. When uh, you have less membership base, you can have a better relationship with your clients. And in doing that, your service goes up. And therefore you can provide something that anyone in your competitive market that's trying to race to volume can't provide, which is attention, which is uh, individualization, which is what people want. They want, in my opinion, accountability and guidance and to feel like when they come to class, they're seen. And when we started really focusing on getting back to what I'd call our roots of why we started this, the solution was clear. It was we needed to cut the excessive costs and increase our rates. And so how did you, how did you do that? What, how did you determine to increase your rates? Cause we're yeah, not talking yeah. like uh, a price increase of $10 here. Well, <laughs> uh, and, and the, as I walk you guys through this formula here in a minute, what I'm starting to see guys is that many of the, the group fitness, uh, you know, facilities are way too big. So there's uh, excessive rent. Um, and uh, we don't need all that space to serve, say, 15 to 20 people at a time. And two, uh, there was a lot more staff on board than needed. So uh, in cutting those. And then when you really look at the big equation of if owners could barely make a salary that allowed them to pay their bills, to have a savings, to uh, invest to pay for healthcare, kids, education, like all of that was important to me. And I didn't want to jeopardize that. When I think of professional career, I think of 
I want what, it, what, it, what everyone else has, right? Like in, in that sense of stability. So that was a big part of this of saying, I will not jeopardize those things just because I'm passionate about coaching people. It has to mathematically make sense financially and the career of, you know, doing what I love. So that was a big part of it. And then the other part that seldomly gets talked about because it's probably not there in abundance is the profit margins of saying, how are we going to grow? How are we going to expand? How are we going to invest in uh, measurable things that actually add to the bottom line, not just adding a bigger facility or a separate program because we're passionate about it, but actually look at the math. So that's what I wanted to do in saying, if we add up the actual cost of this career for myself and uh, for what I want for other owners, I arrived at a $10,000 a month uh, minimum, we'll call it. Okay. I want a profit of owner's benefit of owner's benefit. Okay. Income coming in for the owner. Uh, it had to be there because you notice how many hats do owners wear and 762. I've done the math. Yeah, Good. So you figured that I knew that's <laughs> why we met here. But when you think of it, it's like, however you want to di- divide that owner benefit up, call it, you know, 60,000 in salary and the other in profit, whatever, but that take home for the owner, I think it's justified. And then we really start taking a look at all the expense that I mentioned, rent, uh, employees, uh, you know, keeping the lights on, all that stuff, advertisement spend, everything has to be included, guys. And we'll just kind of, you know, be uh, creative with me if this is too much for you to deal with saying, I'm not changing anything, I'm not asking you to, but just dream with me here and said, what if you just included everything you needed in your budget and said, bam, that's the number that we have to make to make it all work. And that's what I did. I said, I just want to look at the math. Let's just take a step back. And then through this formula of looking at how many people we can fit on the floor, how do we account for occupancy and knowing that just because you need to hit your ceiling goal of this is how many people I can fit in the facility doesn't mean you actively operate at that year round. Right. And like nobody operates at capacity around. So a lot of people set goals at capacity, but never operate there year round. So I already know there's months where you're taking a loss and other months just look like, but they're really just covering losses. So that's what I wanted to really do is say, how do we build stability in the industry? How do we build consistency? We have to start being honest with ourselves and it starts at the numbers. So the first thing you did is you said, look, I got 10,000 of owner's benefit Add my rent expense add my coaching costs and look at the other expenses. You add all those numbers up and that now gives you, this is my revenue goal each month. Boom. That's simple. Right. And the only thing that we need to do is understand how many people can we fit on that floor? Yep. Okay. And I'm saying year round. And if we do that, it's going to arrive at the price point that you need to charge at a realistic number that you need to maintain year round this number of people at this rate year round. And we've already factored in some of the occupancy issues. So I'm just being 100% clear on saying this is a real target now. So walk me through this a little bit um, because I know dealing with gym owners, they don't, they like the benefit and results of running numbers, but sometimes they might tune us out. Um, And I want people to stay engaged here because this is big what we're talking about. Yeah. So let's say that number becomes 20 grand a month in revenue. 
covers my expenses and gives the owner $10,000 of benefits. Next step is to look at how many people, what's the max number I could fit. I start with the max number in each class and then however many classes I have that makes sense. And I'm assuming then you use some sort of percentage knowing that no one's ever at full capacity. Like what did you do there? Yeah. I, I think this probably is better to walk through the formula visually. Okay. Um, but to answer your question, we took a look at, you know, the average number of attendance uh, per client. And I realized that on average clients come three days a week. Um, there's only a small percentage of people that, you know, come at these four or five times a week, especially with the clients that, you know, struggle for consistent, health, you know, fitness routines, the ones that are so busy that they have kids and family and careers. Like I'm talking about those people, not your one percenters of, you know, highly competitive people. Um, so that was, you know, really getting clear on who you want to work with and who can help support, you know, the, the business and, and this dream I'm telling you about. So when you're, when you look at it that way, you arrive at how many people can be in your facility from a capacity. And what I'm saying is then you apply, well, how much, uh, do I need to accompany, uh, compensate for with people, uh, not on the coaching floor. So if you look around guys, you'll notice that you have one, two, three, maybe five spots, uh, that are not filled every class. And that's what I'm talking about is if you don't account for those spots as a part of normal operations, because you got some people coming out, you got some people coming in, some good months, some not, we just arrive at an average and say, Hey, 85% of the time you're going to have, you know, 15% of your class, not there. And if we just run the numbers based on that, we're going to be okay. And John in real estate, we do this based on tenant turnover. You know, it, the building's never hundred percent rented out. Right. There's always going to be transitions of tenants. We might lose a month of rent. We have to assume that and build in that to the formula and we'll be okay. Yeah. You can't build this formula or the idea of your revenue goals based on the concept that you're going to be in hundred percent capacity. Yeah. It's a There's bad no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you, you come up with this percentage. So then let's say you're, so you're thinking through it. <clears throat> I got three, if they're attending three classes a week, I have X amount of slots available in classes. So that means I can accommodate, call it 120 members a month. So then you take your 20,000 divided by the 120 members and that's boom. It, it's great. So if, if you're listening to this, um, you may be thinking like, oh, great. That sounds nice in theory. So tell us what you actually did when you did your own calculation. Yeah. And, and to be honest, this um, example calculation is not too far off. I'd say the only difference is I told you guys, I, I can't really have uh, 15 on the floor because of my floor space. So I can only have 12, but you see that I had to increase my rates substantially. We were uh, 195. We had to go up to $232 a month. And to your point, uh, that was a big jump. So learning- Was it how scary? To Hell yeah, it was scary, man. Yeah. It was like, you know, I've done this for over 13 years. And anytime you say you're going to increase rates on people that have given you loyalty, I have five 10 year clients, guys. 10 year client, not many people have that many 10 year clients. And my point is, 
the best clients that I have ever looked back on are the ones that ebb and flow with your growth. And that means that each time that we've made price changes and, you know, things for the betterment of our membership, they've hung in there and they've come up with us. And that was that moment of like, they get it. They respect me, my profession. They understand we're worth it. And they're willing to say, hell yeah, you're hundred percent worth it. I, I totally get why you have to do that. And that's, uh, that's a scary thing. So I'm saying to you guys, I was afraid of that too, but I knew deep down if I ran it by the numbers and I needed to achieve everything for my family and my future to stay in this because the pandemic was a perfect opportunity to either get out or restructure. So what I said is I, I chose to restructure, you know, I had a little bit more of a, you know, a, a push. I had the day my daughter was born was the day we shut down the gym, uh, forced to shut down. So it was like, it's go time. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a calling to everyone out there that wants a professional career is it's time to look at not just new people coming in the door, but also your core membership right now and saying, who are the people that you love to work with? Will they respect you enough to come up in price point? Cause here's the thing, John, what if we changed this one number? I took this owner's pay and I improved it. $1,000 a month. This is a crazy analysis. So if I just said, what would $1,000 mean to you guys per month in personal take home? How much do you think that membership price has to go up per member? Per 1,000 per month. I mean, I don't, 10 bucks. Let's see. 6,000 bucks. I'm just going to look at it for the sake of it went from two fifty nine. I'll bring it back down. to 248, nine bucks, you're right on. So my point is $9 a month per member is what it takes to change your personal income $1,000. Break that down to a week, that's a cup of coffee per member. And what I'm saying is we have the ability to transform our lives and get out of the frustration, the suffering, if we just call it what it is and say, this is the career from a number standpoint, how do I grow my business and my skills and, you know, really talk to people that are willing to see that and pay that they're out there guys. Chris, thank you so much for your time. This was freaking awesome. Um, I love the formula. Hopefully everyone got some value out of it. Uh, you are part of this group. So if people have questions, feel free to reach out to Chris, um, tag him in your question and he sees it. So Thanks again, everybody. Remember, profitability is a choice, just like raising your prices. Have the courage and wisdom to choose it.